Hello you, it's Alvin from the Success Unscrambled podcast and today we have a special guest on with ourselves. Her name is Fabian. I'm going to get Fabian to introduce herself. Well, I'm Fabian Raphael, as she said already, and uh, I'm an online business consultant, speaker and podcaster, and I help experts transition from corporate to entrepreneur by building a thriving online business and finally live their lives on their own terms. Wow, that sounds like a whole mouthful there, Fabienne. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us, tell us, why do you do what you do? Oh my God, why? <laughs> well, I would say because I, I really cherish the role that I can have in changing people's lives. And I always say that when you decide to start your business and when you decide to be an entrepreneur, it's because you have that at heart. It's because you feel that you could change the world in some way. And I and I don't uh, don't say that I'm the only person that can change the world, actually. <laughs> uh, each and every single one of us, when we decide to go in that route, uh, it's because with the dent that we're leaving, we're hoping that we're doing uh, some change positively in the world. So I would say that's why I do what I do. And it really excites me. It fulfills me when I see the results that my clients get. And that's why I wake up every day feeling really motivated doing what I'm doing. Okay, perfect. And then tell me, obviously, you said you enjoy seeing clients transform. What else do you enjoy most about what you do? Uh, I enjoy the the interaction. I love working with people. Uh, I'm a people person, but at the same time, I'm really introvert. So let's say that wow. when I do my work, uh, I love you know, speaking to people, seeing what influence uh, it, it brings to their lives, uh, what they're going through, how I can help them, how, how I can be on, of service. But at the same time, yeah, being an introvert and having that time for myself just give me the opportunity to think, uh, to reflect, uh, to make sure that uh, I'm the best person when I'm around people because <laughs> I need that alone time once in a while. But, uh, but yeah, I would say that the most thing that, you know, the thing that fulfills me is, yes, seeing the results, but also the relationship that I develop with my clients, helping them uh, achieving their goals is really important to me. Okay, that's cool. So for for person listening out there and say, oh, you have that person transfer from corporate to entrepreneur, can you give us a little bit more in terms of layman's terms or practical ways in which you help them do that transition? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, the person has to feel that, hey, this is what they want to do because so many people stay in the same job for a long time or uh, hop after a job after another and not necessarily feel that uh, they should be an entrepreneur or start their own business. So most of the time when I work with clients, it's people that have had that dream for a while or that have been thinking, is there any other solution or is there any other option for me to earn more money to have that financial independence or that extra money that will allow me to take one extra vacation a year or something like that. So I would say the first thing that is important is that you need to feel it for yourself because if someone told you to do it and you just do it to please someone else, then it won't work because of course there are challenges and there are stuff that you need to be doing daily to be sure to achieve these goals. So that would be the first thing. And then as soon as yes, you feel that calling while 
what do you want to teach people? Like, what, what do you want to build as an online business or as a coaching business? And what solution can you provide to people that are already actively looking for what you want to offer? So that's also very important because sometimes some people are like, well, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. I don't necessarily know what I would be doing. I'm passionate about so many things. Like, what should I do? So you need to be clear on what's your what's your expertise, what's your zone of genius. And so that's first thing. But then the other thing would be you're sure that you could provide a solution to a problem. And then the third thing is that this problem, people are already actively looking for the solution and they're ready to pay for it, right? Because if there's just they're just looking for the solution and not willing to invest, then uh, your idea might not be uh, worth going uh, forward. Mm-hmm. Very good. So two questions I have for you in the back of that. I often meet people who they're not really sure who what their passion is or they're not really sure what they're good at. Do you help them, uh, those kind of people, or do you stay clear of them? Um, what, I, what I ask them actually is uh, just to make kind of like a survey around people that they know, either family, friends, colleagues, whatever, and ask them, what do you feel that I'm extremely good at doing? And most of the time, it gives you, it gives that person really a good input because uh, something comes up out of it, right? It's rare that everybody gives a, a different, a different answer. Most of the time, it's mm-hmm. clear that this person has that talent or has that expertise. Um, sometimes I could, I could definitely understand because I, I was that type of person. I have several interests. Uh, I wanted to touch everything and do everything. But the thing is when you launch your business or when you're trying to help people with what you know, uh, if you, if you want to offer too many things at the same time, then it will be so much harder to, to get your first clients because they will not necessarily be able to understand what message you want to you want to project, right? And what's your expertise? Because people are looking for experts. They're, they're not looking for generalists. Mm. And just like the example I can give is whenever you go see a doctor, well, of course, the first time, if you don't know what you have, you go see the generalist. But mm. then at a certain point, if you know that your kidney is a problem, well, you might want to go see a kidney specialist to make sure that, hey, this is the best person to help you with that area. So same thing in business. So I would say that when people are not sure about what they're passionate about, question people around you. And then even like when you don't get those answers, well, I would say go with what you're most um, curious about. Because when you're curious about something, you'll be willing to look for information. You'll be willing to be better with what you're doing. And uh, that's what people are looking for, like really experts or specialized people in one certain area. Okay, that's very good. And then for some people who think they know what their passion is, or like you said, journalists, do you work with them to help them get clarity on what they should focus on then? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's actually one of my zone of genius, give you the step-by-step step in order for you to get that clarity because again when you start a business especially an online coaching business there are a ton of coaches out there and it's so important for you to stand out in a way and make sure that you target the right people to be working with you and attract them uh, in your business so yes when people come and they say well I have that expertise so we go through a detailed process 
to make sure that the person understands what their target audience is and what are their main struggles. So basically, when we'll get to make an offer about the coaching program, they can they they want to sell to these people that it's right on target and that the potential clients feel that they totally get them. Cool, that's brilliant. Thanks for sharing that. At least you know because I meet people all the time and um, the. They, for some, some of them, they even give up on their passion because they think there is no money in it. Not because anybody advised them accordingly, but because they failed. They had some failures in the past. Um, so it's really good to know that you would actually help them um, come around and either one, um, find their passion or, or number two, if they already know or have a bucket load of them you know, to, to sort of get clarity on what they should be focusing on. Yeah, because there's no, there's no uh, reason to pursue uh, a business or an idea that is not worth uh, doing because people are not interested into it. And that's also one of the biggest problems that first-time entrepreneurs face or startups face is that they have an idea and they truly believe in it. And as an entrepreneur, I mean, most of the time, we're all excited when we get started because we feel that we can make that change in the world and we are we have the best idea in the world and <laughs> this is going to work. And then if you have good friends, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And then you go ahead, but uh, you've not tested your market. You don't even know if anybody would want to spend on it and, uh, and you go for it and then you get crickets and you're disappointed and you feel that, hey, this thing is not working. But it's just because the process of validating the idea was, yeah, was not existent. So that's why it didn't work out. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for that. You were laughing. Like, did you, <laughs> did you experience that? Or? Well, I, mean, I think to me, for myself, I've had um, losses in the past or experience, you know, had bright ideas. But I think the most important thing that you mentioned is market research, because like I know the people in, in my field are doing what I did, like sit and 20 years ago, I had lots of bright ideas, stuff I wanted to do. Um, and I'm seeing them coming to fruition now by other people. Um, even my dad, I remember as a child growing up, he had the idea to bottle water. And back at the time, over 20 years ago, nobody was bottling water. And he was bottling it from the stream. He bought, he bought the, um, what do you call that? The infrared light to, to help purify it. I mean, to get it, you know, pass through that process before you bottle it. He had all of the equipment ready. And he never went through with it. And now everybody's selling water, but bottled water. And he's like, <laughs> something thinking, oh, because as a child, you know, as a child, you don't know. You can't help because you have no idea how to market an idea, how to research, how to. But as far as I was, I can remember as a child, he researched the idea and he was onto a good thing. I have no idea why he continued. Even all my siblings and I, we always talk about it. It's just like, why didn't he continue? Everywhere is like bottled water now. So I guess for people, oh my God. I know people who are in the stage where my father was many years ago, where they have a good idea, hopefully they would have someone like yourself to have them validate that idea. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because he was too early, but he was Yeah, sometimes it. the timing is wrong. Yeah, yeah sometimes it's just about a timing because uh, I remember interviewing someone 
that uh, told me exactly the same thing, but it was in another, like, um, doing kind of like an online, uh, not an online program, but recording all his knowledge on cassettes at the time. And he wanted wow. to sell them as a package. Wow. But when he decided to do that, the market was just not ready for it. So he didn't make any sales out of it. Oh, wow. But it's like maybe 10 years later that this these programs like were selling like mm. crazy yeah. and uh and then he was like oh my god like that was my idea 10 years ago but then again <laughs> he was just too early for the market oh dear that's so funny i'm sure he but there was another way he could have done it anyway yeah maybe <laughs> but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious though, when you look back yeah. at you know at history anyway. yeah exactly. <laughs> so for you um, growing up as a child, you must must have had some sort of role model. Um, what, who the, who was that person who sort of uh, in, uh, was a big influence in your life that in, encouraged you to go down the path where you're currently going today, if at all? Uh, who was that person who influenced you? Oh, wow. Uh, I love that question. And I have to say, like, as a child, when I was in elementary school, it was my music teacher. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> odd. Very odd. <laughs> every, every, uh, every lunchtime, uh, me and my best friend, we would go to the music uh, to the music class and just talk to that person and uh, get her words of wisdom and helping her cleaning the, the class and uh, playing with the instruments. Uh, it's just like when I recall those times, I I have just great souvenir out of it. And I remember mm. that I really admired her um her uh, ambition and uh, just wanting to make a difference in our lives because at a young age, she was able to uh, to just start an orchestra in the school. Wow. So we had several instruments playing and we were playing like pretty well for, for kids, right? Mm. We had, um, yeah, piano, flute, a xylo, uh, violins, uh, cellos, like all those instruments were playing in the, in the orchestra. And at some point, like she was really able to mix everyone's talent and bring it together to oh, make wow. wonderful pieces. And for me, it was like, wow, she's a genius, like really. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, maybe one day I'll be able to do that. But I was never <laughs> able to do it. But what I mean is that like what really uh, influenced me from that person is the passion that she had for music mm. and the will that she had day in and day out working on several things and bring people together to accomplish something. And I think that's that's what she brought into what I am today because I really admired her for that for that. Wow, that's very yeah. very good. Just <laughs> you find the um, the sort of inspiration in all the strangest places, but the important thing is that you found it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, as a child growing up and even when you're a teenager and then you get into your 20s, you have all these people giving you advice including obviously that teacher you mentioned, but you have other people like, you You know, every school has this person called a, um, a career guidance officer who I've never still haven't figured out why they did because they don't seem to update their skills at all. But let's not go there. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, I would say it was from, uh, I used to play team handball and I was on the Canadian team. And when I started, I was, um, I was in college doing my physical therapy full time. So I was, in college, about 
30 hours a week and then I was I was training 25 and at a certain point I just wanted to let everything go um especially like sports wise because I felt that I didn't have the time and I felt that it was impossible to perform mm. in both areas mm. and uh, I remember going to see my coach crying and it was like it's not working uh, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to make this happen uh, it's too hard uh I work, I, I, I didn't work at the time, but I was training a lot and I was going to school and I was, and, and those were hard studies. And I was like, I can't make it. And he's like, well, he stayed very calm and he said, well, think about all the experience that you are going to have traveling the world, meeting other countries, playing, representing your country. And think about the fact that you are already doing t both things successfully right now mm -hmm. so think about what you want to experiment in your life and whose life is it and why do you want to let it go do you want to let it go to please other people or to say that yeah uh, this person was right I can't do both or is just because you're not willing to give it a try a little bit more and see what happens with it And uh, after that conversation, well, I decided to stay on the team. And uh, and actually, I stayed on the national team until like 2008. Wow. And that was 1996. Um, so, so it was a great lesson because today, one of my best memories from what I experienced is from team handball, from wow. experimenting in sports, and also being able to... Uh, to manage my time right and succeed in, in several areas of my life. So it just gave me the proof that I can make stuff happen if I'm willing to put the energy and effort into it. Cool. That's very good. Very good story. All right. So what is that one thing you can say to date that had the greatest impact on your life? that one thing that had the greatest impact in my life. Mm -hmm. I would say it's, it's, uh, it's again from, from team handball. Um, there was an opportunity that I had to go play in Denmark. So I lived in Denmark for two years Oh wow! Good. and le leaving my country, going to a country. I didn't understand the language they were <laughs> speaking That's and didn't know anyone there. And I, I made it happen. Um, I was able to develop great friendships uh, and found my way over there and being able to be on the other side of the world and still do my thing. And it just made me realize, again, uncover qualities that I had that I never thought I had and realize stuff that I never mm -hmm. thought I was going to realize. And then when I came back home, it also taught me that the people that stayed around are the people that are important in my life. Because when you leave for a while, well, when you come mm. back, it's not everybody that is still there. And it's True. not everybody that acknowledges your choices. But I would say that, yes, it brought me to a place where, again, when I could be in uncomfortable situations, but I could still, I could still make it happen. So that taught me that when it's uncomfortable, It doesn't mean it's impossible. Mm. Mm. So true. Wow. That's a very deep lesson. And did you actually have to end up learning Norwegian? 
Uh, actually, yeah, I, I, wow. I learned Danish. Uh, I know how to speak Danish. I lost a lot of it because it's a long time ago now. That's amazing. Uh, it was, yeah, but uh, it was it was great, actually. It was great. And then all of a sudden, I understood the courage it takes for any immigrant that goes to a foreign country mm. and learns the language. Like I had a tremendous amount of respect for, for that. Uh, mm. It's not that I didn't know before. But since I experienced it myself, learning mm -hmm. a new language and uh, a new culture and being able to develop relationships with people living there, uh, it's, it's, so, it's, it's a lesson that everyone should experiment one day or another if they had the chance. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, as you know, you deal with these people every day. Moving from corporate to entrepreneurship is pretty hard. There's a lot of fear involved. What would you advise the people be in terms of taking that leap? When is the best hmm, time? I, I wouldn't call it taking the leap, though, because mm. taking the leap has the background idea of you're just jumping <laughs> over a cliff or something, <laughs> and it's not. Um Usually I advise people to keep their jobs and start as a side business instead mm. because they don't want to have that extra pressure of especially the financial situation at first. And uh, they want to also see if they feel comfortable in entrepreneurship, doing what they're doing and how it progresses and how and how they could shift or make that transition to make it become full-time some people never make it become full-time they just keep it as a side gig because they enjoy it this way and some others well at a certain point they realize that they don't recognize themselves anymore in their corporate job and they leave it okay. so i would say taking well taking action would mm. be the earliest possible because most of the time when you think and think and think and think too much about it <laughs> then you find more and more excuses and more reasons not to do it and mm. then you might pass on something that could be extraordinary and have regrets eventually and then start saying what if and mm. that's the worst thing yeah yeah so true yeah. have you like do you have any of your customers because you know sometimes people are made redundant and they have no choice um, and they probably too, they probably think that they're too old or they're probably just not interested in going back into the corporate world because of the fact that they were made redundant just have this really bad taste in their mouth. Do you look at people who they were made redundant and they just want to get into entrepreneurship as well? Uh, what do you they are already what done re it re redund what do you mean? redundant so they've been made redundant they've got laid off they got laid off their job. Oh, yeah, that happens. Uh, that ha happened, but um, not too often. Mm. Uh, not too often with my clients. Okay. Um, most of my clients, they had they have their job and they want to start with their side gig. Mm. Um, but in the few cases that it happened that they got laid off, uh, these people have this extra <laughs> motivation to make it happen. Yeah. Because they know they don't have any other option. Um, they might be in a transition looking for another job. But while they don't have anything yet, still working on building their businesses. But I would say most of the time people have, uh, the people I've worked with, they still have uh, their corporate jobs. Okay, cool. Good, good to know. But it's not like, it doesn't change anything in the process though. Mm. 
because the step-by-step is the same, uh, the looking for your audience, the market research, uh, making your offer, and having a strong process in place is something that you have to implement either if you have a job or you don't have a job when you want to build your business. So recently, I saw a post there on Facebook where you were doing something to do with marketing. Um, so do you specialize in marketing as well, or is it just um, moving from corporate to entrepreneur- sorry, entrepreneurship? Uh, well, I don't think there's any business that could be sustainable if there's no marketing mm-hmm. uh, that you imply into your strategy. So most of my online education <laughs> was in marketing. The first time I went to a conference that I found online, it was this huge marketing conference. And at that time I had, I had a healthcare agency and a home staging business. I was like, Oh my God, this is the missing link. Like I, I didn't really know. I knew the term marketing, but I didn't really know it was so important to make a business grow and be sustainable. So yes, I, I, I keep myself up to date with strategies with marketing because I have to help people with that too when they're building their business just to make sure that they don't like lack clients at a certain point and they have a strong process in place to make sure that the leads are coming in consistently. Cool, cool. So uh, some fun questions for you. Okay, (laughs) I'm ready. If you were to switch places with someone for a day, who would that be and why? (laughs) Oh, wow. It would it would be actually Oprah. uh, (laughs) I really admire her, what she's doing. I think she's so versatile and at the same time, so close to people. And she has this um, she has this talent of making people confess stuff to her, even if she doesn't know that person yet. Um, And uh, I feel that. uh, Yeah, I feel that she's close to everyone. Mm. Uh, so switching place with Oprah would be like so amazing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's that's one view I've never even noticed before. Making people say things that they didn't want to say. <laughs> yeah, that well she's amazing. good at that. I know. She's I know, good at that because she really... makes people she makes people feel at ease <laughs> enough yeah, yeah, to confess yeah. stuff to her. Oh, wow. And on television or in front of like millions and millions of people. Oh dear. Wow. That's and amazing. some other people could ask the same per- person and the guest would be completely closed because of the approach that the mm-hmm. person had. Mm-hmm. But Oprah has a, a unique approach. Cool. Yeah. Something on your bucket list. Travel. Mm-hmm. Travel more. Any, yeah. Any? I've done a lot of traveling already, mm-hmm. but uh, I want to really travel more. Okay. Anything specific on your list or top five countries or places? I really want to see Australia. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I've connected with many entrepreneurs uh, there and, uh, and there was once one of them just took his laptop outside and showed me around. And uh, oh. I don't know. I heard so, so many great things about Australia. I'd Perfect. Love to see it. Nice. Um, something that you like to do when you're on your downtime. So after you've, you know, put the kids to bed, um, and you are relaxing, something that you like to do or watch or eat. (laughs) Watch a romantic movie without any thinking. (laughs) Yeah. I go on Netflix and I just browse (laughs) and I find a great movie and, you know, something that I don't have to think about. Like for me, it's very entertaining. Mm. 
yeah. So it's if if it's a comedy and also at the same time romantic, like that's my type of movie. Okay, <laughs> they call them rom coms. A short name for it, but that's cool. That's interesting. All right. So, final advice. What are the five things you'd like to leave with our listeners who are listening out there, contemplating, moving, doing a side hustle, or just changing totally to entrepreneurship? What is the five things that you'd advise them to do? Wow. First thing I would advise them is if they are willing to do something, to go for it. There's no such time as waiting to be ready uh, before starting because I don't think it's possible. You can't be 100% ready before starting. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying to start with your eyes closed. I'm saying, well, do do some research, find someone to guide you or an online program to buy to have some guidance and get started because you might regret it. The second thing I would advise to people that want to transition from corporate to entrepreneur is to really identify why they're doing what they're doing and have the reason more than I want to make more money and really dig into what what influence you want to leave to people or what's important for you in your life, what are your values and all that stuff because it encrypts the right purpose and also it makes you you are, well, not 100% sure, but it's easier for you to go through the challenges if these things are clear. Third thing is about the network. Um, It's okay to start something, but then your environment is extremely important. So if you are in an environment of whiners and people that talk a lot but never do anything, well, you won't realize anything. So you want to upgrade your your type of living, let's say. So you have to upgrade your your network. So if you're just hanging up with people, hanging out with people that are um, not making it happen and complaining, well, you will become a complainer and you will never be able to accomplish anything. Um, the fourth advice is talk to people. Uh, if you're not sure about taking action, well, go and do some research and get into groups and network with people and ask what their experience is and what it brought to their lives. Uh, and it might inspire you to go forward. And also you might, you might develop uh, great friendships out of that and have a circle of, a circle of new people that will help you go forward. And then the fifth thing is work on yourself. uh, And that's the most important thing. Entrepreneurship is the best personal development experience you could ever have. And uh, when you you work on yourself uh, and you discover hidden qualities or you see things in a different way or you don't take things too personally and you are patient with yourself with making things happen, well, you might get to your goals like quicker than uh, than if you didn't do any type of that work. Uh, I, I believe a lot in a quote that Jim Rohn used to say, which is success is something you're attracted by the person you become. So if you never work on yourself, well, it's not that you will never attract su- success, but it might stay uh, temporarily instead of being kind of like for a long time. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Amazing, amazing five tips. Thanks so much for that. So where can listeners find you online? They can find me at something very easy, which is my name, (laughs) FabienneRaphael.com. 
that's my website. So there I have, of course, a goodie that is called uh, your corporate exit blueprint. Wow. So for someone who's looking to to get to that uh, transitioning from corporate to entrepreneur, well, uh, this is what you get for free when you go on my website. So uh, and then you'll be in touch with uh, what I'm up to and uh, and what my podcast is about and all that stuff. So FabienRafael.com. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks so much for that. And any last or final words before we switch off? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was that will be my final word. I mean, I loved I loved uh, this interview, and I felt like very comfortable. And I think it's it's what we need more online conversational interviews, and at the same time, uh, filled with great questions and uh, actionable steps. For people to take action and I just hope that what we spoke about today will inspire people to just go with that first step to having their dream business online thanks okay um, everyone you heard uh, Fabian's advice and final words there if you would like to re-listen to the podcast feel free to do so um, remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can be updated as to when the next one comes out and you can keep in touch and you can also subscribe to Fabian's podcast as well you know there's never enough too many podcasts in your life. <laughs> so until next time, uh, enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. Bye for now. <laughs>